0: Hi, Joanna.
1: Hello, Carmina. How are you? Oh, I'm tired. Long
0: night. Mm, were you out at the bars all night?
1: Monster Jam.
0: <laughs> you ready to do a show? I am. It's. Welcome. I feel like it's been so what? Long time. We okay. say that every time. Because it's yeah. true. Yeah, it is true. Uh, welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder. <laughs> Woohoo! How are you? How was Monster Jam? It was a lot
1: of fun. I mean, yeah, it's fine. What do you do? You sit there and watch trucks race each other. Mm-hmm. And then there's like a trick section. And my daughter wasn't feeling well. So we left a little early, but I went out the wrong way. And I was so like panicky because I was like, I didn't know where my car was. I had it, you know, on your iPhone, you can like, see where your phone is. So yeah, I thought I was going way. the right way. Yeah, my yeah. car. And I was like so panicky. And then I ran into some like people in a golf cart. I'm like, can you take me to my car? He's like, no. We're <laughs> <laughs> security. We can't do that. And I was like, okay, but I don't know where I'm at. And then I found this other guy at a golf cart who clearly takes people. I go, can you take me to my car? He goes, I
0: guess. Oh my gosh.
1: Did oh my you God. have
0: R- RBF going on? I don't know.
1: I had clearly a look of panic on my face because I couldn't find my car.
0: And you had a child, I'm sure. hmm That's rude. Yeah. And That was in Tampa? Yeah. I recently got lost at the Miami airport and I cried with my suitcase.
1: Oh, no. That's stressful. Miami airport's big.
0: Not in that. It was – okay. It was when I flew home from a trip and I forgot where I parked my car. I took a picture. I always take a picture of the, mm-hmm. like, Dolphin 8 or whatever the hell it mm-hmm. says. I couldn't find it. I was so turned around and I'm walking. There's no one to help. It's late at night. I'm walking with my suitcase just weeping. And then I got lost in Miami trying to follow all the directions and the turns. I almost hit a motorcyclist and I finally made it to like a gas station and I just cried. Oh, yeah, Miami's stressful. It was so stressful with the traffic. Mm -hmm. It's a a lot. Um, Well, what else is going on? Anything to catch up on? Oh, I wanted to tell you about this pasta I made last night.
1: Oh, I'm sure everybody's dying to hear it.
0: (laughs) Uh, Last night, Brett and I, we celebrated our Valentine's Day together when we wouldn't have our kids around. Mm -hmm. And I said, I'm going to make pasta. And Brett's like, what's it called? I was like, Valentine's Day pasta. (laughs) (laughs) And literally all I did is linguine. It was so good. I cut up um, spicy sausage Mm. and I sauteed that with onion and tomatoes. And I poured red wine in it. And I'm like, what should I look around my kitchen? I'm like, this is Valentine's E. And I poured red wine in it and it was so good. That's good. And that's did you wear fun. the apron? I didn't have it. <laughs> I said to Joanne, I want a cute apron for Valentine's Day. And she pulls out a, a kid sized apron with like T Rex on it, <laughs> a dinosaur on it. Yes, it was my daughter's. Not going to work. It didn't. No, I did no apron. No, but we had fun. It's good. And then we put on, oh, what movie did we put on? Dang it. What was it? Oh, oh, Dr. Sleep. And I fell asleep.
1: Doctor Apparently. Sleep.
0: Yeah, it's a sequel to The Shining.
1: I haven't seen either.
0: I'm just not kidding. surprised. You have The Shining. Yeah,
1: I think everyone's seen that.
0: I don't know the last time I have though. I feel I feel like I've never seen the movie in its entirety, but I've seen bits mm-hmm. and pieces. I think that's the same for me too. Well, we were so young when it came out. Mm-hmm. Have Doctor you heard
1: some people? I heard I watched a video of students calling the 1900s the thousands. What? Because you know how we say like the 2000s? Oh, ew.
0: Yeah,
1: like, oh, you were born in the thousands? Ew, that's hurtful. Do not swallow that in the camera, in the microphone.
0: You need to have more long talks so then I can have a, uh, a coffee break. Brett and I got up this morning. We went for, uh, ooh, sorry. We went for like a two and a half mile walk. And I was like, I got to get home in time. You're taking too long. Is he slow with his little legs? <laughs> he doesn't have as, as long of a gait as I do. Is it called a gait when you, your pace? My pace is faster. But he wore his weighted vest, so he looks like he's in a SWAT team. Dork. And, and his fanny pack. And you just took a picture? This is every weekend. This is nice. <laughs> so, no. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to hear a story? Hi, hey, Brad. Is this our normal format? Yeah. Okay, great. Let's see it again without you yawning.
1: Listen, I didn't get home till 1030.
0: That's that nice. is late.
1: It is. And we left at 2
0: p.m. Uh, yeah, it PM. It's, I don't know how, <laughs> so me and Joanna were together Friday night. We're not together right now. And we're recording on Sunday and we <laughs> were up so late. <laughs> and it was like- This whole weekend. 11.30. i like, this is uh-huh. too late for me.
1: I forgot I had something to share.
0: Oh, yeah. well, let me at least tell our folks what this uh, show is all about. Okay. While well, I search it, I'm like, well, listen. So don't say okay. something where I have to interact with you. Oh, Joanna. Uh, So (laughs) that's Joanna. I'm Carmen. Welcome to Live, Laugh, Murder, where we tell stories that may or may not be true. Let's test your movie and true crime knowledge to see if you can tell if the story I'm going to share with you today is the plot of a movie or the facts of a true crime case. It will be one or the other. We, I have an episode coming up, another spooky places one or creepy places that we we did Lake Lanier as our first one. The second one is also Georgia in Georgia, which is. Funny. Is
1: it this? Have you heard about that this lake where like women are luring men into and they're mm. pushing them in and they're dying? They're drowning. Is
0: it Lake Lanier? No.
1: Ooh. And I also saw another video. Of this woman, she was like, the guy pushed her in, and you could see the current like went in. Together at the same oh. time. And she's like, I'm almost drowning. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Apparently, like, there's, like, this lake. I don't know if it's the same one, but yeah.
0: it probably is. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a spooky place. Uh, sorry, I keep saying that. A Creepy Places episode coming up again um, shortly in the next few episodes. Okay. So I saw this. It was it was on a TikTok. Do you know who Jack Johnson is? The singer?
1: No. No. He is from that uh, new girl. He was um, Nick. Mm-mm. You
0: don't know this guy? Oh, yeah. His picture. Yeah. I just never watched the girl.
1: Okay. So he was telling the story. He goes, I don't tell this often because, you know, it's just something he just like tries to forget. I'm going to read it. While attending fourth grade in some city in Illinois, Johnson's elementary school was subject to a shooting by a local woman.
0: Wait, 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 wait. What? He was shot? No. Say that again.
1: He was, his school was subject to a school shooting by a local oh. woman. Oh. 1988. Jack Johnson narrowly missed a school shooting because of his mother's intuition. I was sitting next to my mom. I was in fourth grade. Uh, and out of nowhere, my mother looks at me. She goes, you're not going to school tomorrow. And, but he, oh. but it was, he had a field trip. He's like, mom, I want to go. Because yeah. yeah, had a field trip the next day. And. But his mom won that argument. The next day, May 20th, 1988, a woman Gosh. walks into an elementary school through the door that my class was in, oh he recalled. My God, I,
0: have goosebumps. I am too.
1: A woman walked into the school wearing a robe and nothing underneath. The room was empty. She walked through down the hall, walked into another room, shot seven kids, and killed one of them.
0: What?
1: Yeah. The shooting took place in Illinois and this woman, Lori Dan, um, she suffered from mental illness, walked into the second grade classroom and claimed she was there to teach the children about guns before open firing on the class. Uh, And so here it also says, Dan attempted to set fire to another school and the home of the family. She was babysitting that day. They showed a picture of her, but I don't see the picture on here. He said, looking back, Johnson admits that his natural tendencies... To fall back on comedy would have made a horrific situation worse. I would have said something. He said, um, "I would have tried to show off and I would have tried to get laughs." There was no question. But Thank his you. mother cannot explain why she did not want him to go to school. Isn't that wild? Why, well, and he and the woman—they said that she went into his classroom. I mean, no one was there because they were on a field trip. But but, but still, <sighs> oh jeez, and he. Oh. I know. When I, he read the, said that story, I was like, that's 1988.
0: That is mother's intuition right there. It,
1: the woman, they, he showed a picture of her, and she just looks like absolutely insane. Really? I, I, I don't want to don't see it.
0: Okay. I can't handle that. That's insane. That's really sad. I can't yeah. get over... I know that there's moms out there right now listening and are saying to themselves, oh, yeah, I myself saved my child from something because of my intuition. We just know. We just know. Mm -hmm. We're all witches. Hey, if you have a story out there that you want to share with us where you were in a scenario like that, where you just let your gut lead you, send it to us. DM us or email us, please. I want to hear it and read it.
1: Well, have you ever been like running late and then – you're like, okay, this is a sign. Like, there's a reason why I was running late. Like,
0: then you come up to, like, an accident that you could have possibly been uh-huh. uh, Yes. If you send us a story, we'll read it on the air because that's amazing. That's, yeah. it, that's just insane. It's just funny how that happens. Yeah. All right. Well, this episode, Joanna, is dedicated to a Patreon member, not you. It's dedicated to Becky. (laughs) Your neighbor, Becky. Becky with the what? Good hair. We haven't done a Patreon dedication in a long time, but Becky's so funny. She's like, I want to join your Patreon. I'm like, you better, bitch. So uh, it makes me happy to do that. So if you like an episode dedicated to you or someone you love, check out our Patreon where you can also get our episodes early, ad-free, and bonus content At the end, which we're calling, uh, what are we calling it? Nighttime. No. Midnight hour. No. Twilight hour. Twilight hour. We'd get there. Closing time. (laughs) Have you ever been at a bar when you were, whenever you go to a bar and you close it down, which hasn't happened to me in a decade Uh where I was closing out bars, but when they sing closing time at the end? They don't do that. Yes. I have been to bars where that song would come on at last call.
1: Oh, I've never been.
0: Well, in bars I've been to, that song would come on at the end and then everyone knew. That's it. Get out. Yeah. You're yeah. Special. When I was uh in college one summer, I worked in Miami, speaking of Miami, and at last call we would stand on the bar and I was a cocktail waitress and we would scream, last call. Yeah. Cool, Closing sorry. time didn't come on because it was like a Spanish bar. <laughs> Spanish music. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. It's a restaurant, too. I'm not going to name it, but it's a lot of fun. Well, that has nothing to do with what I want to talk about today. Okay, go for it. Wow, we kind of chatted for a long time there.
1: I know, and we we were supposed to record on Friday, but we're like, "Mm, we only have an hour and a half. That's not enough time.
0: (laughs) It's not enough time. (laughs) Who was it when we were hanging out on Friday night? Someone said, "How long do you does this take?" And I'm like, "We record like probably 2 hours, but it, we, it gets edited down to like one." <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It goes on and on. We do. All right. I guess I'm just stalling because the story's kind of fucked up, but it's time. Okay, I'm ready. Today I'm going to tell you the story of a family who loses everything in more ways than I could even imagine. Mm. One family member loses their freedom. Another loses a child. Another loses their sanity. And all seemingly out of nowhere. So I want you to predict just based off of that. True crime or movie? True crime. Ooh. Why? I don't know. (laughs) Flipping the coin there, are you? It's a 50-50 chance. And
1: I don't know anything, so...
0: Okay. Have you seen those apps you can download where like flips a coin? on um, You touch it and the coin flips. It's like, get a real fucking coin. Enough with the apps. I thought you were going to promote and be like, it's so great. No. Okay. <laughs> so I want to tell you about the Cody family. That's the last name. So father, Don, mother, Irene, and two daughters, Amy and Sarah.
1: With an and- I or a Y. What? Cody with an I or a Y.
0: I guess a Y? That's I don't know. I have it. Not that it meant, not like no. a, in my mind. It is Cody with a Y, C O D Y. I thought you were talking about Amy or Sarah with, a, with an I or a Y. I'm like, <laughs> Amy with an I?
1: <laughs> Sarah with an Sarah I. And I.
0: Sarai? I don't know. <laughs> oh, the kids. all the kid. the people's names. I you thought just that's what said. you were talking about, yeah. No, it's C O D Y, Cody. Okay. Amy's in college and Sarah's about to be turning 18 years old. So they're older daughters. And um, Sarah's still in high school. So Don runs a tight ship, and he's a pretty strict dad. And mom goes along with his demands, listens to her husband, and like what he says kind of goes in their household. The girls resent their father for the way that he treats them all, and they resent him for how he treats their mom. And they resent their mom because she goes along with his bullshit. That's kind of mm-hmm. their – that's what's going on in that house. So he will change rules at the last minute, yell at them out of nowhere, and he's just a dick overall, mm. one of those kind of parents. The daughter who's in college, she comes home to visit, but she'll come for like just dinner and then she'll go with her friends. It's not like she comes home from college and stays the whole break because she doesn't enjoy being around her family because of that's how horrible it is to be around Don. Mm. Um, or she'll come for just a couple of days. And now that she's gone out of the house, she's, she's gone, you know? Yeah. The sisters are very close as sisters can be, I guess. Um, Sarah has wouldn't a, know. I know. I wouldn't know. I'm an only child. Sarah has a boyfriend, the one who's still in high school, and she sneaks out at night to hang out with him sometimes knowing that her dad would not, you know, agree. So she does get caught sneaking out of the house one night. And Don realizes his daughter has snuck out on a night that he explicitly told her she needed to stay home. You are not allowed to go to that party, he told her. Verbatim is what he said. And she goes anyway. So this throws him into a rage because he can't control her. And it's been kind of a, uh, a theme as she's gotten older where he's started to lose control, he felt like, of his daughter. And she has started to kind of buck the system.
1: That's like my biggest fear when my daughter gets to be in those teenage years. Me too. Like, I didn't, I wasn't a bad kid, but I just like, you hear about like
0: these bad terrible kids, ki-
1: these terrible kids. Yeah. And just
0: like, I mean, I get it. Like, you don't, you're 18, you're 16, you know everything. <laughs> don't get me started on teenage girls who know everything. I know. <laughs> I live with four girls in my house. Yeah. Love you all. Um, yeah. It is, but we, ha- you would know, I, I feel like those signs, not in this case what I'm talking about, but when you have a kid like what you're talking about who's just so ornery, I feel like that starts really young. But yeah. they change. They change when that – I was Their almost hormones. at menopause when they hit a – Menopause. Their hormones, hormones. What's it? Puberty. Yeah. I know. Anyway, so Don find found out or finds out that his daughter had snuck out and – the feeling, the vibe of, I can't control her. This is whatever. So when Sarah gets home, Uh-oh. I mean, at dawn, oh, practically, her dad is sitting on the front porch. Go oh. ahead. Have no, you ever ahead. seen
1: those videos where I was like, you have to be home by 10 and it's 10.01 and the parents put a pillow and a blanket outside? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I could never do that for real. I would do it and for like 10 minutes and then I'd go out yeah. and be like, get your ass in the house. Yeah. Um. So s- she gets home and her dad is sitting on the front porch, stayed up all night waiting for her. So Sarah argues with him, and she tells him, the day I turn 18, I'm out of here, and you're never going to see me again. So he forcefully grabs his daughter with the whole, you're in my house, you have to follow my rules, and it takes the mother, Irene, to break them up. So this was a pretty intense situation that they went through.
1: If you're going to sneak out, sneak out through your bedroom window. Like, who goes well, to the, the, the front door?
0: door? yeah. I don't know. I guess everyone has different styles of houses, too. You want to think about that? Two-story. Okay. Two-story houses. You can't always sneak out. Not, not every house has a lovely trellis on the side for you to climb down like in the movies, <laughs> like in the old movies. <laughs> Without your own balcony. Yeah, with a balcony and then like a lower roof right under your window for you to sit out and watch the sunset. <laughs> It's that their house isn't like that. So Amy tries to talk to her sister and tells her to keep her head down until she can move out. The older sister. She's like, just keep it cool. Keep your head down. Okay. So she tries to give her advice. Now, the thing here is that the women in this household, they really do support each other and they listen to each other. Irene listens to her daughter telling her, like the mom knows the dad is an asshole. Everyone in the house knows he's an asshole. So they like bond over that. When he's not around, mm-hmm. sadly, I've seen those kind of dynamics in my life it's it's just it's weird, but um, so she listens to her daughter after that fight that she had had with her dad listens to her sister no, the mother Irene oh. listens to her daughter like she taught they have oh. an open dialogue with each other behind closed doors, if you will, and she advises her daughter, she says to her. If you're leaving, I hope you have a plan. Like, if you, when you turn 18, if you're out of here, make a plan. And she's an emotional, supportive person for her girls and from this really strict, strict, abusive, strict father. I use the word, I'm gonna use the word abusive, but he Mm. thinks he's strict, but whatever. So, on the day of that same fight, Sarah has with her dad. And when she's in the room telling her mom that she's leaving, Her mom's telling her to just go and see the world. And then she says, just don't be reckless. That's kind of her advice. Like, go, like, get out, make a plan and go. Mm -hmm. And which is also really sad to me as a mom, like, to to tell my daughter, like, get away from here, you know. Don overheard them talking.
1: Uh Uh-oh. Uh-huh.
0: Not only has his daughter had the gall to sneak out, come home acting like an asshole to him, but now she's planning to leave the first chance she gets and his wife is okay with it? Hmm. That's how his perspective, at least. So when they all think that he can't hear them, he's overheard, overheard that conversation that I just mentioned where the mom's like, make a plan, go, go see the world. And this is the catalyst for all future events in this story. So Don isn't just a dick to his family. He's a weirdo just in general. Later after graduating high school, class of 2001. Yep. That's when I graduated. Is it? You're such an old ass. I graduated in 2002. (laughs) Yeah. Jerk. Sarah Cody is excited for her future. I said that weird. Sarah Cody. With graduation balloons still hanging on the house and a banner out front, Irene goes out to run errands and will return to a life that will never be the same. Because while she's out, Don Cody tells his daughter, get off your phone because I need your help with something okay dad and he asked her to help him carry a storage box into the basement you're he's not gonna even,
1: she's either gonna be in the storage bin or i don't know he's gonna
0: they go down into his man cave type of situation as irene calls it mm-hmm. and irene hates going down there mind you because don had said that there's rats because it's like a remodeled basement it's weird fyi So they carry the container together and Don pushes aside a bookcase to reveal a door. The door leads to another bricked off room that was built by the previous owners of the home that was, it was intended originally to be a bomb shelter. So Sarah and her dad carry this container into this creepy room with no windows, with the walls and floor made of cement. Sarah makes a comment about how creepy it is. And Don says, you don't like it? And he says, that's too bad. Uh-oh. And he heads out of the doorway, closing the door, locking it shut with his daughter inside.
1: Yeah. So he's like kidnapping his own daughter okay. in their own house. Yes. That's wild. I like that you have two different beverages.
0: I have water and coffee. Sarah freaks out, obviously. She bangs on the wall, screams, tries the pin pad. Pin pad? What is pin that? good? Multiple times. She later opens the container that her dad made her carry down with her and she sees clothes inside and provisions that so she doesn't know planned. what this was planned this was planned she doesn't know how long she's going to be she it freaks her out because she sees snacks clothes like that water, like that's like, why, why, why is this here? What does this mean? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just random shit. So Sarah begs and cries, dad, please let me out. Dad, let me out. But he just goes upstairs that evening and comforts his wife when she wonders where the fuck their daughter went.
1: That's insane.
0: Mm-hmm. Could you she imagine? mm
1: Well, I know we don't have basements here, but- I mean, shed,
0: I guess. Eey. Okay. Okay. So Irene calls the cops. She makes a missing persons report. And Don reminds the cops that Sarah has run off before. Run, running off being sneaking out to go to a party. Mm-hmm. But he uses that to say she's run off before. Irene calls all her friends, the boyfriend. I mean, she does everything that we would do. Don tells the police that some of Sarah's clothes are missing and that her travel bag is missing. And it is. It's gone. That dad... But Irene knows that her daughter, even though like her and her daughter talked about this, Mm -hmm. they're close. So she knows that her daughter wouldn't just up and leave at least Irene without saying goodbye. Mm -hmm. So she's beside herself like there's something wrong. This is not what the plan is. When her boyfriend shows up asking if Sarah is around, Don tells him, tells the boyfriend, I think his name is Chris, that she ran off to Florida with a childhood friend named Steve. Right? Do we know Steve? We don't know Steve. We don't know who Steve is. So the boyfriend gets confused, gets frustrated. It doesn't make sense. Like, what? Like, this is my girlfriend. Like, what? And he – he. this does come back in the future, this comment about the Florida and the Steve, because he never mentioned that to the cops. The dad Mm.
1: didn't.
0: So he only said this lie to the boyfriend, Chris. So – but I'm just going to say – that comment comes back years later. Years. Mm-hmm. So days go by with Sarah locked in the basement, wearing the clothes she went down there in, a white tank top, denim skirt, no shoes, no socks, because she was just chilling. It was after graduation. It's hot out. It Cold and barefoot. Mm-hmm. She went down there just for a second, she thought. So days go by and she's in the same clothes. She uses a metal trash can lined with a trash bag to use the restroom. She lays on the floor. She feels like she can't breathe many times in the first days that she's there. Like she oh, can't yeah. get a deep breath. Ooh, that made me have to hmm. take a deep breath. When her father does eventually return, she has no idea how much time has passed. She no. tries to escape. Like when he does come, like she tries to fight him off. If she fails. Yeah. And this is when he informs her that she keeps feeling like she can't breathe. <sighs> because three failed attempts on the pin pad shuts off the power, which shuts off the ventilation system. Yeah, Joanna. My Ooh. nose is running.
1: Oh, my gosh. Like, what, what do you think she was, like, trying to type in? Like, my birthday? Like, oh, yeah, it's going to be my birthday.
0: Uh-huh. I know. Just <laughs> random numbers. I, w- I would try everything. Oh, oh my god, I have the chills. Um, and he changes the code daily, every day. I wonder if the one day – what if he types in like one, two, three, four? <laughs> one, 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 one. <laughs> <laughs> Sarah Leaser. asks, I know. Sarah asks her dad why he's doing this to her. And he tells her this is her consequence for being disrespectful.
1: Okay. So, like a day or two. I don't know how many yeah. days she's been down there.
0: Well, once you put her, it's been a couple of days at this point. And I just want to say for our listeners, it's going to get pretty harsh. So, trigger warning for abuse and sexual abuse. Ew. I know, I know. Your own dad. I'm going to say that. So if that's too much for you, you can just skip this one and catch us on the next next time around because I, I feel funny sometimes giving trigger warnings because so many things are bad. So I don't know what is going to yeah, be bad if to one person versus the other, but I feel like it's pretty intense.
1: Plus you're like with your dad.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So like those
0: thoughts see. you just don't want to think about. No, no one should think about that. Okay. Um, why are you doing this? He says it's your consequence for being disrespectful. And Don tells her that she can't have anything unless he says so. So he full control, clothes, blankets, food, books. Every single thing is now in his control. And when she tries in the beginning to like hit him, to escape, the very first time that I mentioned, that's the first time that he rapes his daughter. I know, Joanna. Oh, it's bad. Oh, I'm sorry. His daughter, who he will keep locked away in the basement under his home, he shares with his wife for 20 years. Oh my God, Joanna. The look of shock on your face. (laughs) I'm sorry. Hey, she's what? 18. 20 years? Yeah, 20 years.
1: In a small little, oh. Mm-hmm.
0: 20 years. Mm-hmm.
1: And you don't hear from your, like, as a mom, like, what do you just, like, give up hope? No.
0: Irene never gives up hope. She doesn't ever give up hope. No. Oh. And there's reason why she doesn't give up hope. We want me to tell you about it?
1: Well, yes, but, okay, and then, like, I mean, obviously the dad had to go down there with, like, when nobody else was home. Right. Because I would scream literally every time that door opened. Or, like, she has a metal container. Like, bop him on the head.
0: I know. I know. Well, he brainwashes her, though. Mm. Oh,
1: kid. I know people are do bad things. Like, people who shouldn't have kids still keep having kids.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We should sterilize those people. Well, Sarah goes through many horrible things in the basement. In the beginning, she turns 18. Oh, well, she – okay, so she graduated high school, and then she had her birthday after that. So in the beginning, she turns 18 while she's down there. And for her birthday, Don brings her a red dress that he makes her wear. I'm not going to really go much into anything about that. Joanna's shaking her head. No, please don't. No, no, no. I mean, you you get it. So this is when he makes it clear that if she wants things from him – That she has to do things for him. So it's like that. Yeah. So, one thing she really wants in the beginning is a clock because she can't say, she, it drives her nuts not being able to know how much time has passed. I think that's like that sensory deprivation kind of in a way. Not really sensory deprivation, but having no awareness of time, it's freaky. So, he agrees to bring her a clock, but she has to do something for him. I'm not even going to mention it. I'm sure you can figure it out. So, he makes her call him dawn and tells her not to call him dad anymore he's disgusting so she can't call him dad sarah does make attempts to escape she makes attempts to hurt him she does in the beginning and every time she does he beats her he kicks her hits her screams at her pulls her hair repeatedly does things that are just awful mm. at first sarah has nothing down there with her like just that bin like she has to eat canned food um, meat from a can, you know, canned meat. Um, I wish it was Vienna sausages. really <laughs> canned meat, I can stand. Ooh, I did not want to. I don't know. Just I don't want to think about it. Anyway, uh, box snacks. Um, but eventually Don brings her more things. He brings her a table, like a folding card table, a, ki- a kitchenette supplies. He kind of like builds a kitchenette for her. Things that keep her occupied. He brings her books, but nothing will keep her more occupied than her first fucking child.
1: Ah, with her dad. Uh huh. Well, I
0: really That's should disgusting. have warned you on this one. I apologize. I'm sure you didn't wake up and expect to hear this kind of shit. I'm sorry. I mean, does she get to bathe? He start. He he has uh, plumbing hooked up, like a sink in the and kitchen. And the mother
1: doesn't pick up on any of this. Like, how do you be yeah. sneaky for twenty
0: years? Twenty years.
1: I mean, like, when I gave birth, I remember the walk. From the bed to the bathroom. I just apologize profusely for the stuff that they had to clean up. Like I just could not imagine. Yeah. Like yep.
0: giving birth. She delivers the baby all by herself in the basement. And this is after this uh this is after the first year that she was there. And the baby survives. The baby does survive. The manipulation becomes so intense that Don will bring her more things that she can use in her kitchenette like he he brings her knives for chopping she has like a little stove burner thing a hot plate or whatever it's called knowing full well that she ain't going to do shit anymore she's not she doesn't try to really? stab him nothing she has been so manipulated and just beat down mentally and physically because if she tries anything he'll overpower her and she's gonna have to pay for it so he spends time with sarah in the basement he brings her christmas decorations at the holidays he spends time i, I hate to say his quote-unquote yes. daughter he bring he spends time with the daughter it's a little girl by the way his daughter's daughter who is also his his, his daughter it's just how would that yeah that's how do you even yeah like you're the dad, but also the uncle? The grandfather. You're the dad and the grandfather. Oh. I'm not okay uncle. with it. Well, Irene never – like you asked, she never gives up looking for her daughter. She begs police. She actually – so there is like a story about Florida that kind of comes around because I guess that's where she wanted to go when she would talk to her mom. I'm going to run away to Florida. So she actually goes to Florida herself. Irene does. She hires a private investigator. She spends thousands of dollars of her own money trying to track down her daughter. Mm. She can't She can't get over it. And I don't think I would get over it either. I would do the no. same thing because you just disappeared. Amy, the sister, has theories that maybe Don did something like accidentally hurt her and she died. The older sister, that's her theory. But she doesn't say that to her to her parents or to the cops that's like what she thinks. And she knows cuz her dad is so controlling that there's even if that did happen there's nothing that she can do. That's how she feels like there's nothing she can do about it. The mm-hmm. sister. They do go in the basement, but like the family, but the other room is locked behind like a fake bookcase.
1: So that's even the tracks. They walked down. They probably wouldn't she probably wouldn't know.
0: They don't, yeah. Um yeah, and Don ha- keeps it intentionally like gross down there. So his wife and his other daughter don't want to go down there. It's like, ugh, that's dad's gross space. Like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As the years pass, Sarah goes on to have a second baby, a son who uh, with no medical care, no dental care, no sunlight, living in the basement. Oh, yeah. The sunlight thing, right? The vitamin D. She tries to entertain her children as much as anyone can with games, with imagination. They make countless art, hang it on the walls, and they do watch TV with a VCR. No live TV. How do they sleep? On uh, Eventually, he sets up mattresses for them and brings them down. So they do sleep on mattresses. I don't know anything further than that. Um, when the third baby Thomas is born 20 years, I mean, now listen to this though. This is wild. Sarah convinces Don to take him as she says it upstairs and the kids, her kids too have this thought of the upstairs. Like, there's the downstairs and the upstairs. They don't know any different. They know what they see on their, like, movies, on their VHS tapes. So they see, like, trees, and they see images that they – the sky, you know, things that they've never seen in their life as they grow up. So Sarah convinces Don to take Thomas upstairs. Mm-hmm. She can't fathom raising children in this environment. And she says to him that there's not enough space here for another child, and it's not fair to these babies. Yeah. He, he agrees. So he sets up a plan, a whole plan shortly after Irene finds a baby on the front porch of the house, a baby with a note. Yep, like in a baby carriage. And this is what the note says. Dear mom, I hope you're doing okay. I'm sorry I haven't called or written. I have a boyfriend now and we're doing okay, but there's no time or money for a baby right now. This is Thomas. I hope you'll take care of him until I can come. I love you and miss you. Sarah. Yep. And it's in Sarah's handwriting. Sarah wrote the note. So when you said like the mom, does she, like this is, she holds on to this hope, Mm -hmm. this like my daughter's alive, she's out there. So Irene takes in her grandson and she raises him as her own. And just as mess, just like a messed up, like aside, Sarah tried hiding a small note inside the baby's blanket saying that she was being held captive in the basement and Irene never found it. No! hmm Yep. Put it in his diaper. I, in the diaper. That was so nice. Yeah. The Yeah. Di- I would have. know. Oh, Joanna, you're good. So Thomas grows up calling Irene and Don grandma and grandpa. He knows that his real mother went missing and is off somewhere in the world. Thomas has a very full life. He plays football as a teen. He has friends. He he's just how are the kid. other girls, the other kids? Yeah, they're the ones that are in the basement. Yeah, well, so they're both older than Thomas, obviously, because Thomas was the younger one. Um, Would you say how old are they? Yeah. Well, twenty years go by, so they grew up and like as a teen in his teenage life. That's wild. Like, what do you? <sighs> So think about this, Thomas, football player, teenager, high school, full life, while Michael, the his older brother, um, who's in the basement, is small and malnourished. And Thomas is tan, Thomas is tall, muscular, and younger than Michael. But Michael physically looks years younger than Thomas looks, mm-hmm. if you were to do, like if you think about it like that. So Don even buys Michael down in the basement a baseball mitt for a birthday. When the fuck is this kid going to play baseball? <laughs> what, does he even know what baseball is? No. When Sarah's daughter Marie is 14, Don buys her makeup. In his mind, he's like, yeah, this is good. Yep. We're good. We're good. But his intentions are not good with the No, he does not. Makeup. No, he does not. So Sarah okay. wants him to never touch her daughter because she's like, Fuck off. Because uh, she knows his intentions are sinister. So Don will shut the power off if Sarah doesn't obey him on purpose, which shuts off the air supply, if you remember. Mm-hmm. And this is especially cruel. He does this because Marie has asthma, a oh. 14-year-old, I, like at the time, when the one I just mentioned, yeah. the daughter, whatever. So Sarah teaches her to sit by the air vent and take short, deliberate breaths when she feels like she can't breathe. Oh, the breathing thing. Oh, I don't like it. Another time, Sarah has a near escape. Oh. Yeah. Once she has a near escape. When down in the basement, water starts dripping from the ceiling in their little home. So she climbs up onto furniture and she feels the ceiling and realizes it's soft. Mm -hmm. So this, I guess, makes her feel like they're underground under like the yard or something and she says that she can smell the that it's rainwater dripping down oh. so she tries to dig her way with a spoon and like kitchen utensils and for she does this for hours and hours and hours and her kids try to help her and it just it doesn't pan out
1: no, I mean he's gonna see the dirt, yeah of the whatever it is.
0: Yep, it doesn't pan out. Um, it's just he 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 basically eventually finds out because he comes he sees the debris, and they obviously she gets beat because of it. so yeah. yep, anyway, um at the time, I just don't even want to like say all the details. it's okay., mm, just trying to see what I can skip. All right. I'm gonna just I'll skip over that because I just I didn't know this is so gross. He's so gross. So at first, Sarah would tell her kids that Don was her husband, but when they got older, she ended up telling them the truth that he that about how he was really her father. She didn't want them to know that he was her dad too. You know what I mean? So weird. She does tell them eventually how he's her father and that they're trapped. And year after year, they're living in this basement and the upstairs, as they call it, starts falling apart for Don because his life, he can't keep it going. Um, He loses his job and he can't afford his life anymore because he has to pay, I guess, for all the extra food that's going downstairs and all the extra shit that he's had to buy. Yeah. So he attempts at one point to kill Sarah and the (gasps) kids. And he attempts to kill himself because, what? yeah. So what he does is he parks his car in the garage and sets up the hose, the hose thing with the exhaust. He sets it up into the air vent that leads down into the basement. And he tries to kill himself as well in the same way. It doesn't work because he's interrupted by Thomas, his son. Oh. Mm-hmm. And he uh, he's thankful for it. But the next year, a whole <sighs> year, Marie gets deathly ill. The oldest. Yeah, she's the oldest. Um, Marie's the oldest, and she suffers an asthma attack and with breathing issues. And I'm sure it's like dank down there. I don't know what other word to use. She's had asthma since she was little. They have no nut- nutrition, right? So she becomes, ends up becoming so sick that she can barely uh, breathe. She runs a fever. She can't talk. She shakes. She vomits. And Sarah feels like her daughter is dying. So when Don comes down for like a daily check-in, Marie's clearly clearly dying. And Sarah begs her, begs her, begs her, begs her to take her to the hospital.
1: You're saying begs her.
0: Sarah oh, begs Sarah him. begs, begs yeah. him. Sorry, thank you. to take Marie to the hospital. With Marie dying, Sarah begging, Don agrees. Good for her. Good for her. So he agrees, and he threatens her life saying that if you try anything, I'm going to kill you, basically. At a hospital. Yeah, if you try anything. Don drives them, and he lets uh, Sarah go as well to the hospital. So when they go to the ER, Marie is pretty much like on her last leg And Don tells her, you know, don't say a fucking word. (laughs) I sure am. Yeah, seriously. Marie survives. She does not die um, with the medical attention. In critical condition, obviously. But she survives. Mm -hmm. And then a nurse talks to Don and Sarah and says, like, basically starts questioning them because the nurse says that they don't have any access to any medical history of Marie. Like, what's... Well, you know, when you go, yeah. you have to fill out that stuff, and the nurse asks, you know, can you catch us up? What's what's her past like? What's going on? They you have know, no social been, security. They have no birth certificate, no ID. So they ask, has she been vaccinated? Has she had medical treatment? Can you tell me anything? And during this, like, I guess, like mini interview, Sarah sits there looking like shit in ragged clothes. And is fully aware, you know, that this is her only chance. This is it, right? And she takes it. (gasps) First, she tells Don that she needs to use the bathroom. And he says, hell no, you're not going anywhere. Mm. So then what she does is she spills intentionally. She spills water on the paperwork that they have to fill out. Mm -hmm. And then so, you know, he basically has to grab another one. And that's it. She goes, she makes a run for it. She gets up. She walks to that nurse who was talking to her and with Don watching her behind her. What can he do? He sees what she's doing and when he shouts her name like through the hospital, she grabs the nurse and hugs her and says, "I need help."
1: Where's the other kid? Not Thomas, but the other left guy. in the basement.
0: They left sure. him in the basement? Yeah. And this is when you tell me if this is a movie or true crime. Are you crying? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: It's okay. I'm going to stick with my initial true crime. You okay. Get a tissue, you nasty ass. I
0: don't have any tissues. I'm using my shirt. It's a movie. No. It's, it's a movie. It is a movie. Oh, thank God. But... Oh, you're not going to like this. Why? Because it's based on a a similar true story. Son of a Uh, bitch. But it is a movie. It is a movie. It is a movie. But I'm partially right. You got to give me half credit. No, you are. uh, No, you don't get any half credit. No. Yes, because if it's based on a true story. I mean, based on. I'll get to that in a second. How much is it based on? Remember we talked about this? Like, oh, they used the names. It could be just the street that they lived on. (laughs) I'll get to it, Okay. Okay. Ugh. So this movie is a 2021 movie titled Girl in the Basement, and I watched it on Hulu. I actually watched it when it came out years ago, mm-hmm. and I rewatched it recently, and it is in- inspired by true events that I will tell you about, but I want to finish what happens here first.
1: And I feel like inspired is such a terrible word for the stupid movie. No, I don't want to say stupid movie, for this terrible movie. It's so movie. sad. Because inspired, I feel like, is like a good word. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know.
0: I feel like in – I know because there's like a positive connotation. Yeah. Uh-huh. So let me finish what happens in this fucked up story. Okay. I pretty much told almost all of it. So Don is immediately arrested, first of all. Okay. The police show up at Irene's house and their jaws are on the floor when they find a full-grown teenager wheeled out on a stretcher that has been living in the basement right under their feet feet. Oh, you have to watch this movie. No. I don't know. It's really bad. It's intense. Some of those scenes are intense. Michael, while on the stretcher, and this in the movie, I have chills. When they have him on the stretcher, picture this, he gets pulled out from under the basement, wheeled out to an ambulance because they don't know what – he can walk. They He can walk, but they find him and they're like, oh my God, we need to rush you and get you checked out. He's gasping for air outside because he's never been outside before, and he's looking at the sky, the trees. He's like awestruck, and he's like, like he can't breathe. I bet all the oxygen, the stars even, you know, it's overwhelming for him to take it all in. And Irene and Thomas hold each other in their shock and grief because they're in like such grief and shock and that they can't believe that for 20 years there were people down there. It's wild. The family moves, the family, well, because Don's in prison. So the family, Irene and Thomas, and now Sarah, Michael, and Marie, they all move to a new home and they live together. And at the end of the movie, there's a scene with Sarah watching her kids play soccer in the yard and her high school boyfriend, Chris, rolls up on a motorcycle. It's cheesy, as you know, but it's cute. And it kind of represents that like she's moving on with her life. So they all live together in a house outside of the basement.
1: That's I would have burned – I mean, I know. Okay, I need to know what it down right. Yeah, I need to know what parts were.
0: I'll true. tell you. Okay, so in the at the end of the movie, Chris cries and apologizes because he feels guilty, like he could have stopped it. They go on a motorcycle ride again. It's cheesy, but it's like a representation of her freedom. And then the movie ends with information for Rain R A I N N, the National Sexual Assault Hotline. So I'll share that here with you. So if you feel like you are getting hurt and need someone to talk to, you can call 800-656-HOPE or go to org. It's free, confidential, and a 24-7 hotline. So being that the movie ended with that, I want to kind of just put that here. So here's my review before I tell you a tidbit about what inspired this crazy-ass shit. I was really affected by it. The scenes with her giving birth are, Joanna, horrendous. What's it rated? Oh, I have it here. I have it here. As the years go on, you can see the pain. You can see how she changes. The actress was phenomenal. Um, Stephanie Scott is her name. I don't think I've seen her in anything else, but she plays Sarah. And the the actor who plays Don, you just hate him hate him. And his name is Judd Nelson. And I've seen him in other things. I give it a four out of five. It was really sad. They did a good job showing the full life upstairs with color, but then downstairs was drab and dreary. And then IMDB gives it a 6.3 out of 10. What was the guy's name? Judd Nelson. He's creepy, right? Inspired by true events. This is what you really want to know. Yeah. What I'm going to tell you is straight from Wikipedia, love it or hate it. I've learned that Wikipedia has come a long way from Back in the days when you could just update random shit on there, mm-hmm. um, but here's just a, a bit of the real dirtbag, and there's so much more to the real story. But for the sake of time, I just decided to keep it short. So there really is a Don Cody. Yeah, it it's called his last name is Fritzel. The real case. The real case. Okay, let me just tell you. So this is from Wikipedia, as I just said. So the Fritzel case emerged in 2008. When a woman named Elizabeth – and Fritzl is F-R-I-T-Z-L because this didn't happen in the United States. This happened in Austria. Mm. So born April 6, 1966 – told police in the town of Amstetten, Lower Austria that she had been held captive for 24 years by her father, Joseph Fritzl, born April 9th, 1935. So Fritzl had assaulted, sexually abused, and raped his daughter repeatedly during her imprisonment inside a concealed area in the cellar of the family home.
1: So it's true crime. Right. I <laughs> it.
0: Kind of. So the real story, the incest resulted in the birth of seven children three of whom remained in captivity with their mother. One died shortly after and was cremated by Fritzl, and the other three were brought up um, by Fritzl and his wife, Rosemarie, having been reported as foundlings. Foundlings?
1: Foundlings, yeah. it's a weird word to I describe know. children.
0: Here, let me tell you what it means. Uh, it's children that are victims of child abandonment. Foundlings. I never heard that word either. Yeah.
1: That must be – when you said Australia or Austria. Austria.
0: Austria. So Joseph Ritzel was arrested on suspicion of rape, false imprisonment, manslaughter by negligence, and incest. And in March 2009, he pleaded guilty to all counts and was sentenced to life imprisonment. In the real story, Joseph blames growing up in the Nazi era, uh, which formed his beliefs on discipline and obedience – it's just, ugh. he says his daughter grew into a teenager and he basically couldn't control her anymore, so he did what he had to do. Oh, he does really have to do that? Yeah, because he's the he, only one with a teenager like that. Seriously, uh, the real guy claimed that the sex was consensual and <gasps> rape, which is not possible. Um, this wasn't the first time that he locked someone up. The real guy, he also locked up his mother in the attic of their home. What? And no one knows for how long, but it's speculated that he had his mother locked up for near, nearly 20 years until she eventually died. It's a psycho. Psycho. Whoa. As far as the real-life victim, Elizabeth, on August twenty eighth, 1984, she was lured into the basement of her, uh, by her father to help him carry a door. So it was very similar to the movie. He was building an underground bunker, and he had Elizabeth hold the door in place while he put the bolts in. And then, this is so crazy, he then placed an ether-soaked rag over her face, causing her to pass out, and locked her in the room that she held up the door for to bolt. <laughs> As more, I know, as more children were born and more space was needed, he had Elizabeth and the children use their bare hands to help dig out the space needed for an expansion. He punished them by denying them food, like in the movie. He would threaten to gas them to death if they tried to escape. It's just disgusting. And on April eighteenth, two thousand eight, Elizabeth's daughter became deathly ill. Like in the movie, he agreed to take her to the doctor by himself, but he had Elizabeth help him carry Kirsten to the car where she saw the outside world for the first time in 24 years. Kirsten went into kidney failure, and this uh, dickwad claimed he found this woman with a note about her identity and brought her to the hospital when he brought his own daughter to the hospital. And it was, then, it was them that called the police because they didn't buy his story. This is how the real dude got caught. God. So like in, in the movie, he left a note from the missing Elizabeth, his daughter, saying, here's my sick daughter. Help her buy. That's what that uh, Bye. Yeah. And he told police his missing daughter had run off and joined a cult. Oh, sure. I mean, geez, Louise. A week later, she convinced her dad to let her see her daughter in the hospital. And How? Police, I don't know. And police were watching him because they were suspicious of the story and immediately got involved when they learned that Elizabeth had shown up. And when questioned, she said, I'm not providing you any more details until you promise I don't have to see my father again. That's what she told police. Wow. The basement they were held in, Joanna, 560 square feet. Oh, my gosh. After the trial, Elizabeth and her children moved to a secret location for their protection from the fucking paparazzi. They had to hide. I know. And anyone who would want to hurt them from this story. And they received intensive therapy as the upstairs children and the downstairs children were reunited. The whole family got therapy. So crazy. What about the mom? Well, I don't know anything about the mom, but I do know in the real story that in 2013, the basement was filled in with concrete. Good. Right? Gosh. And you think like, I know, like I think I've told you this before, but like how many times
1: have you driven past people's houses and you're like, oh, there's got to be somebody held against their will. How many people?
0: <laughs> oh, I don't like it.
1: I know. I don't like it either, but you've, you've turned me into this monster.
0: I have. And I we go for walks. Brett and I in the neighborhood, and I look around and I think that, and I'm like, Joanna, get out of my head. Mm -mm, mm -mm." Nope, you've created it. I mean, that's my terrible story for you. It's terrible. Yeah, it's awful. It's sad. And on that note, remember to live, laugh, and never (laughs) do any of this shit. (laughs) I'm just at a loss for words and (laughs) no murder. And on that note, and on that note, don't do this. It's horrible. That's what it is. Do you have anything to say to like spin this for the end of the episode? Spin I'm doing, it. Like I'm depressed. You got to cheer me
1: up. Here would you like an ice cream cone?
0: It's mint chocolate chip. Oh, give me a I would like <laughs> double chocolate chip, please. <laughs> <laughs> That's mint. I I do like mint chocolate chip ice cream. I do. That's a debate of people like
1: they said like mint should only be in toothpaste. I that disagree is not true.
0: I disagree. Hot my
1: chocolate. favorite
0: Ben and Jerry's ice cream that caused me my freshman 15 in college <laughs> was uh they discontinued it. It was mint chocolate cookie and it was like Oreo oh. cookies in ice cream. Oh, it was so good.
1: That it was sounds good. amazing. Yeah, I like mint uh coffee creamer mm. mint
0: treats, the mm-hmm. Andy's chocolates. Mm-hmm. Make it from Olive Garden. You should make me <laughs> You should make me cookies. I had cookies one time. You should do it for me. And they were the Andes chocolates in those cookies, and they were so good. I don't bake. Me neither. Come
1: on. Who bakes? Who do we know mm-hmm. that bakes? My um, in laws bake. Mm-hmm. We went over for Christmas, and I was like, I don't have a plan. And I just wung it. You can't wing it when you're baking.
0: I wung it. You wung, I it. wung it. I wung it. How'd yeah. it come out when you wung it? It's did not. It did not. <laughs> They're like, what's your recipe? Is it the recipe? <laughs> store by store by everything. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, on that note, I guess thanks for stopping in. That was a tough one. Well, we'll catch you next time. See you in two weeks on the flip flop. Stop opening your robe. Close it, please. (laughs) I don't want to see that. (laughs) Bye. Bye.